The Z-Ball podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Z-Ball Podcast on a Friday night, about 13 hours away from tip-off for the first game of the 2019 NBA playoffs. We'll be previewing all eight series uh, tonight, and we'll also be discussing uh, some other ancillary topics as well. Uh, Joining me tonight uh, from Los Angeles, California, we have Rebound. What up, Rebound? How you doing? What's up, Z-Ball? I'm doing great. I'm glad you played the Nipsey Hustle song. Before we start, R.I.P. Nipsey Hussle is a great guy, did a lot for his community, and L.A. is paying very good tribute to him. R.I.P. Nip. R.I.P. to Nipsey. Uh, it's a tragic loss for the music world. And joining us as well from uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, Anis. What is up, Anis? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. R.I.P. to Nipsey. Uh, it's been a while. Glad to be back. Okay, so let's uh, get first into the eight playoff series. We'll start in the Eastern Conference. We'll start with the 1-8 matchup with Milwaukee, the one seed, taking on Detroit, the eight seed. And we'll start with you, Anis. What do you think the keys are to the series, and uh, who do you have taking it? Okay. Rehan, what, rebound, what do you think? Yeah, um, there's no key. I mean, whether Griffin's 100% or not, it's a sweep. They're not winning a single game, unfortunately. The team is just not meant to be together. It's not a big a big guy league anymore. They do have Blake Griffin and Cummins and Reggie Jackson. That's pretty much it. And then the Bucks are just stacked, so Bucks in the floor. Yeah, the Bucks. I mean, just obviously they they have the best record this season for a reason. Uh, they have the MVP of the league, in my opinion, Giannis. And then they're very long. They're very good defensively, and they can spread the floor as well uh, with their shooters, Connaughton, Miritich. Uh, Brooke Lopez has been very effective for them uh, coming over from the Lakers. Uh, he's hit, He can hit threes uh, pretty regularly now. So they're just... Uh, Matchup nightmare for Detroit, and Detroit doesn't have much of a chance. I agree with you guys. Milwaukee in four on this one for me. So uh, not much here. Uh, Milwaukee just a mismatch. So we'll move on to the next series. Uh, and we have in th- this one, Toronto Raptors two seed taking on the seven seed Orlando Magic. Orlando making its first playoff appearance since 2012, back in the days of Dwight Howard. So, what do you see in this series, Rebound? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I really don't see much from Orlando. Kudos to them. They the playoffs. I mean, the East is a little wild, but I don't think they're going to do much. So, I'm going to go uh, with Toronto and Pfizer. I'll give them one game and then home. And I 
Toronto's just uh, gonna go deep this year, and I don't know how deep, but yeah, Toronto. Okay, I just, uh, for Toronto, I get Kawhi, Danny Green, Ibaka, Marcus Gasol. Those guys have experienced their season playoff uh, type veterans, but other guys on their team like Lowry, Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet. I don't really trust any of these guys. I mean, what a, what a, are we going to see, you think, from these guys in big pressure time situations? In, in the playoff games, I mean, what can we expect from them? Uh, no, you can't expect much from these guys. You know, last four or five years, they did good in the regular season. They become... Last year, they got swept by the ca- uh, Cavs. Indiana took, them, uh, took the Cavs to seven games in the first series. Boston, the uh, their two starters, took them to seven, seven games in that series. Yeah, I mean, Toronto's definitely winning this series. Uh, for sure, they're going to get through this young Magic team, but it's just going to be interesting to see how kind of those role guys that I mentioned play and show up in big-time situations because they, uh, Steve Clifford, uh, defensive-minded coach, he might have uh, sets uh, in late-game situations to kind of take the ball away from Toronto's main guys like Lowry and Kawhi Leonard and make... One of their role guys hits the shot. So I'm going to go Toronto in six here. I just think they're going to be a little kind of rusty coming out of the gate. But they're definitely going to win this series. They're definitely the more talented team. And Kawhi, as we've seen all season, has kind of just been pacing himself, uh, resting every five games or so just to kind of get ready for the playoffs and be fully healthy and be fully fresh. So... He the playoffs are here now, and he's uh, set to be unleashed. As there's in the first round, there's uh, a two game rest between each game. It's, it seems like so he should have plenty of rest, and he should be able to play somewhere near forty minutes a game. So Toronto overmatched. I'm Okay, I mean, Toronto to Orlando is probably about a three-hour flight, so he's going to have to travel on air uh, 
for at least two uh, two of these games. So we'll see what happens there. But Toronto, like we we, we all agree, is the definitely the better team, and they should win. And I think I think they will win. So not much more for this series. We'll move on to the three six matchup with the Sixers at the three seed taking on the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. First playoff uh, appearance in a while, uh, since 2014, I believe. And they've really emerged. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, Russell excuse me, has, has looked really good. And then Karis LeVert had the terrible injury. He's uh, back playing now. So just very young athletic team, and they look really exciting. I, I've made lots of jokes about them in the past. Uh, they've been terrible, but uh, kudos to them for a turnaround season and making the playoffs. So... So we'll start with rebound again. Uh, what do you think about this series? What are the keys? Uh, how healthy is Joel Embiid for this this series? Uh, it looks like Embiid's going to be missing a couple of games. He's say he's questionable for tomorrow's game. And I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know how much that's going to affect the series. But I see Philly winning either way. With Embiid questionable, I'll give the Nets two games. So I'm going to go 76ers and 6, I think. Nets will win two games, especially if Embiid's out, and uh, that's why I'm going, 76ers and 6. Okay, on a 76ers, uh, obviously with Ben Simmons, one of their better players, uh, how predictable does their offense become in late-game type situations uh, if he's not able to, as we've seen all season, not able to hit a jump shot past 11, 12 feet, so... How, how much of a vulnerability is that for Philadelphia? Uh, that's a very big vulnerability um, because even before they got Bias Harris and uh, Jimmy Butler, they're still on, uh, doing the same record, maybe, maybe a little better. Uh, they gave up the, the three-point shooting in Wilmington uh, and Darius started spending the floor. Yeah, hello? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just shocking to see that, uh, I mean, he hasn't really even attempted threes, I mean, let alone uh, make them. Uh, he's attempts very, I think he maybe attempted 10 the whole season. So what is uh, what is going to be become of him, I mean, going, moving forward in his career? I mean, is he going to, is this going to be a, a long-term thing? I mean, is he actually going to start hitting jumpers at some point? What, what, what can we expect? Um, he was the better player. He's, you know, 
uh, triple doubles, you know, taller, you know, he can, can get in the lane, he better defender, all of that. And I thought it was just to just give him a year, next year he can work on his shot and improve. But he hasn't really changed, and that's really disappointing. Because in this game, if you're not shooting threes, no matter what position, no matter how big you are, you're, you're uh, you know, you cause the offense to be great. Everyone has to shoot threes now. Uh, you know, it's... <laughs> It's, it's as simple as that, and they're really not that hard. It's, you should be able to shoot an open three. If you can't shoot an open three, then you can't be in the NBA today. You can't be in the elite players. Uh, he'll keep on getting good numbers, but if he doesn't get a shot, even a marginal shot, just he can be a 25% three-point shooter, but he has to get a three-point shot. If he doesn't get it, um, he's not going to be in the elite for the, for the long term. Okay. And then, as far as the series go, what's your pick? What do you think? No, I, I, I think Sixers will take it in five, uh, but they will have to pull down the road. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely going Sixers here. Obviously, the only really question mark is that Embiid's health, so that will stretch it out a little. Uh, so I'll agree with rebound. Uh, and take 76ers and six, but uh, I think 76ers, as as we've seen when they've played together with their full starting five with Tobias Harris, Butler, Embiid, Redick, and Ben Simmons, that they're one of the better teams, one of the best five starting, one of the best starting lineups in the entire NBA. So hopefully we can see that for a consistent stretch in the playoffs, but that remains to be seen. But yeah, this series, uh, definitely a young, inexperienced Brooklyn team. Should be fun to see how they kind of uh, react to this type of test and how how they react to some type of pressure situations. But they should be a fun team moving forward. And But in this series, they're just overmatched and too much experience on the other side. So they're going to, unfortunately, in my opinion, fall short. So with that, we'll move on to... The last series in the Eastern Conference, the 4-5 matchup. We got the Boston Celtics at the 4 seed, and they will be taking on Indiana Pacers, the 5 seed. Anis, what do you think about this series? Oh, this, is, this, this is a tough one um, because uh, after all, Oladipo went down. Um, I expected, like everyone else, Indiana's going to fall way down in the standings. Uh, but they, stay, they stayed up there for a while. The drops but it's been for a while. Um, uh, down to the games and the ending, Kyrie Irving will be the difference maker in this series. Um, okay, rebound. What do you think uh, about, um, I guess, Indiana's kind of star power with Oladipo out? I mean, do they have that kind of go-to guy, the superstar guy? They can make a big play for them down the stretch, or no? I don't think they have the go-to guy, but they're more of a, a, good, a good team, team-working team. And I said, uh, they, I, 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 thought, I thought the same as him, that they were just going to fall down. But they, they still have good players. They have Miles Turner as their go-to guy. And I am going with Boston in seven. All right, yeah. I mean, Boston, I think, uh, in seven is my pick as well. And then just kind of going back on what Anna said, uh, Kyrie is the 
top playmaker for Boston. Uh, he can create plays for other players for, for himself. And then Boston kind of has a few other guys like that as well. Uh, Tatum can be one of those guys. Uh, possibly Al Horford uh, down on the down on the block, uh, down on the elbow, create uh, post-up shots for himself and then three-point shots for other guys. So Indiana on that, their side, obviously, they're a good all-around overall team, but... I don't think they have that one superstar guy that's kind of needed in a playoffs type series to make big plays down the stretch, uh, to make uh, tough uh, game-winning type shots. And I think that's what's going to be the downfall for them. But they're a tough, great team. They play good defense. They got good young players. And it should be an an interesting series. But Boston ultimately, with the home court advantage, will take it in seven, in my opinion. So... That'll uh, wrap it up for the Eastern Conference. We'll move over to the Western Conference matchups. Take a look at the 1-8 matchup. The the defending champion, Golden State Warriors, on the one seed. After all the turmoil or kind of uh, drama that was involved in this season between Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, here they are at number one again in the West. And they're taking on a surprise team, the LA Clippers at 48-34. and who no one really expected to do much this season, and especially after they traded their best player, Tobias Harris, to Philadelphia maybe a, a month or so into the season. So, Rebound, we'll start with you on this one. What are your thoughts on the series, uh, and what's your pick? Before I say anything, kudos to the Clippers for making the playoffs. No one expected this. Nobody thought it even with Tobias Harris. And then when Tobias Harris got traded, and they also let Boban go, to Doc Rivers, kudos to the Clipper fans for staying in there. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to go with a sweep in this one and take the Warriors in four. I just don't see any go-to guy for them besides Lou Williams. And that's pretty much their main score. And maybe Gallinari. All right, Honest, your thoughts? Um... You know, kudos to them for making the, uh, you know, for the Clippers for making the playoffs. But you know, now that they make the playoffs, they gave up their pick that they're going to have. I actually don't remember what pick it was, but uh, I think the, the, you know, they lost that pick, and I really don't see uh, long term what they'll get out of making this series because they will, I think, Warriors in three years because once they win the third game, we don't need to watch the fourth game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Clippers, uh, they're kind of like a bunch of veteran guys. Uh, they have a, a re- that only really advantage they have over the Warriors is their bench. But the Warriors just too talented on the starting lineup. Uh, Beverly might be able to give Curry a little trouble. And they can't. They don't really have anyone to contain uh, Clay Thompson off the, off the ball. And then they don't have anyone for sure to handle Kevin Durant. So... The Warriors offensively are just uh, too explosive for this Clipper team, and that's really going to show. And there's probably going to be at least three blowout wins in this in this series for the Warriors. Maybe one close game, but it's going to be a sweep. And I'm I'm going to have to agree with you guys on this one for sure. 
So I uh, guess. I want to add that uh, you know Curry got lenses now. So <laughs> Everyone's overreacting over that. Honestly, that, that, that's all bullshit. Let's be fucking real. That's complete bullshit. Yo, it doesn't matter, bro. It doesn't matter. It, even if everyone's believing into it, it doesn't matter if it's real or not. You know, it's it's, it's getting okay, to that going to shoot so better. I know it is. It is. If you can't see, you can't shoot. But it does make a difference, though. Yeah, I mean, it's if, if the story is true, I mean, it's really amazing that he was already the greatest shooter of all time without with kind of blurred vision. But now that he has uh, clear contact lenses, it's probably even scarier for the rest of the league that how uh, how deadly and accurate he can be. So we'll that we'll see what happens in this playoffs, I guess. Uh, if he maybe sets some uh, playoff three-point records or something like that with the improved uh, vision with the contact lenses, but... Uh, he's, not, he's not meant for the playoffs or the finals. He's choked several times and he's been proven. Okay. But uh, the fact is that the Warriors, I think, uh, as we all agree, are going to sweep this series. So we'll move on to the 2-7 matchup in the West. Uh, we got the Denver Nuggets... Oh, young team, uh, very excellent season. Uh, Mike Malone should be definitely one of the top candidates for Coach of the Year. And they'll be taking on the San Antonio Spurs, uh, the seventh seed. So we'll start with you, Rebound. What do you think about this series? This is going to be a really good series. Uh, overall, the overall team, I think it's better is San Antonio, but Denver is a really hard place to play at. I've even been to a game there, and the crowd gets really, really loud, and uh, the altitude in Denver is going to affect it somewhat, and I'm going to go with Denver in seven. It's going to be a really good series. San Antonio is going to give its run for this money. If they win game one or game two, I think they can win the series. All right. Uh, Anas, what do you think? Um, I, I think there's a really interesting situation here. Uh, Denver, this whole uh, the old roster, they haven't uh, you know been to the playoffs and uh, proven themselves before uh, going to, uh, in a while. Um, and Mario Rosen has a lot to prove. Toronto um, trading him like that, and uh, Aldridge had a couple good games in the season. You know, 56 points, 48 points. So this, I think this is going to go to Game Seven, and uh, you know, I it, it, it's really anyone's series. Then and if, uh, Denver has the home court, um, so I think I'm gonna go to go with Denver in Game Seven. Uh, in seven. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, Denver's definitely winning. I, I'm gonna take them in six. I, I think Jamal Murray is gonna have his have his way with uh, the San Antonio guards. I don't think they really have anyone at the guard position with Dejounte Murray out to kind of contain Jamal Murray and his athleticism and his uh, kind of quickness. And I think that's going to be the difference in the series. And then also up front, I don't think they really have uh, someone um, who can match up with the skill of Jokic as well. So LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan, they're uh, really good players, but they're very uh, mid-range centric. So the question for the Spurs is, are, are they going to have enough uh, kind of outside shooting with Bertans, Forbes, Monte Yunus, Patty Mills, those type of guys? So we'll see what happens, but I just don't think 
they have the talent. They definitely have the experience and the coaching to match up. But um, on the floor, I don't think they have the talent to match up with this young, athletic Denver team. And I think Jamal Murray is going to be have an excellent series and, and be the difference, in my opinion, for Denver winning in six. So we'll move on to the next series The in the West. It's the 3-6 matchup. Uh, we got the Portland Trailblazers, the three seed, taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder at the six seed. So, Anis, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, Portland, another tough matchup, but how do you think they'll fare this time? Oh, man, OKC ended the season right. Uh, they got that tough win against Houston Rockets. Um, you know, uh, that put them, uh, you know, that got them uh, face Portland instead of Rockets. And I think that's the difference maker. I think they'll take the series because uh, Westbrook and Paul George versus Lillard and CJ uh, McCollum. I think the better duo is Paul George and uh, Westbrook. Uh, and I think Portland's um, uh, injury uh, uh, is going to be a big factor. And uh, I think Focus uh, C will take this in six games. All right. Rebound. Uh... Does Portland, I mean, struggle like they did uh, last season, kind of with the length of Oklahoma City? I mean, they struggled with the length of uh, New Orleans last season in the playoffs with Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis, those type of guys. So do we see that same type of scenario here with Roberson, Steven Adams, Jeremy Grant, Paul George? What do you think? Okay, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you guys here. Oklahoma City, uh, it's just too bad for Portland. Uh, they keep having good regular seasons. Uh, they've lost 10 straight playoff games, uh, and they have another tough matchup, unfortunately, for them themselves here. And then uh, Nurkic going out definitely does not help because it puts more of a burden, more of uh, more pressure on their, their guards, McCollum and Lillard, but... I don't think they have enough uh, defensively up front with Collins, Cantor to kind of uh, contain Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City's offense. So I think Oklahoma City just better. Uh, they're longer. They're better defensively. And I mean, with their front court of Grant, George, and Stephen Adams, I think that's one of the best defensive front courts in all of the NBA. And then they get Andre Roberson back, who kind of. Uh, as the the guy who who guards the opposing team's best players, their best point guards, best wing players, so he's going to be have a lot of uh, defensive assignments on Lillard, I'm sure, and also McCollum as well. So he's going to give them a lot of trouble, and they're going to have a tough time. I mean, they're going to be taking tough shots. I mean, they are very skilled players. They will make a good amount of them and probably have good games, but. I don't think it will be enough, so I'm going to take Oklahoma City in six and agree with you guys. So We'll move on uh, then to the last series in the Western Conference, the 4-5 matchup. The Houston Rockets at four, taking on the Utah Jazz, the number five seed. Anas, what do you think for this series? series, 
season. Mitchell spit out had a slow start to the season, but now he's back in form. Uh, <clears throat> so I think <clears throat> and the uh, Rockets have been shooting uh, lights out in threes. They just recently made that 27 points, uh, 27 three-pointers record. And I think that's the game plan that they'll stick to. Uh, and then the pick and roll with Capella. And I think they should easily uh, take this in uh, five games. Okay, rebound. As far as the pick and roll, obviously we know Chris Paul loves to lo- uh, run pick and roll a lot, uh, and he did that a lot in the series when they played uh, Utah last season. Uh, how does Rudy Gobert kind of uh, adjust to that? Is he able to come out and come out of the paint and roam around and defend that well, or can the Rockets pick him apart in that pick and roll? What do you think? Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this series. The main question for me is, what pace are we gonna be are are we gonna be seeing out there? Uh, and I think uh, the Jazz kind of are able to control pace for mo- for the most part. I think uh, in most of their games. So I think they're gonna be able to do that in this series. Uh, I think they can throw multiple type looks at at Harden with I mean guys like. Joe Ingles, Dante Axum, Jay Crowder. They have kind of uh, multiple guys, multiple looks that they can throw at him. And then I think offensively they can slow down the pace, uh, lower the number of total overall possessions in the game. And because of that, I think uh, they can win this series. So I'm going to take them to win in seven games. Uh, obviously, James Harden is going to do what he does, but... Like I, I like I've always said about Harden. When it comes playoff time, he's very uh, dependent on fouls. He's very dependent on free throws. So I think that kind of goes away a little bit in the playoffs in kind of late game situations, pressure situations. They call the game uh, a lot tighter in the playoffs usually. So I think he's going to struggle a little bit with that. But he's still going definitely going to put up numbers. And then Chris Paul is uh, definitely a great player. He's getting up there in age, and as we've always seen in the playoffs he kind of has just unfortunate untimely injury so that's another possibility another kind of thing to look out for for the Rockets so it should be a fun uh exciting seven game series but I, I'm gonna go with the Jazz in this one to take it so we'll see what happens but it sh- that'll wrap it up for all the series previews uh it should be eight uh fun series uh eight exciting series to see but with that we'll get into some other topics and with both of you being Laker fans, uh, the there's been a lot of stuff going on with the Lakers. First, we'll start with uh, the sudden departure of Magic Johnson. Anis, what was your what were your initial thoughts when you heard about it? Very very surprised. Very surprised. I <clears throat> tell you the truth. Uh, ever since Kobe has left, I haven't been much of a Laker fan. Um, but the, I always thought uh, that. Uh, uh, Magic has this big plan, just like the Miami had this big plan. You know, took a couple of years. You know, made made Sally room for everyone, and they got the big three together. And I, I really thought Magic had some really something working really big. 
got into LeBron James, he's, and he's going to add a couple more stars, and he's going to get good role players, and next year they're going to be a totally different team. But, and it's just totally surprised to see um, that he quit and how he quit, you know, just the way he said it, like it's not even a big deal, just very shocked. Um, oh yeah, it's no big deal, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, he, he hasn't done a great job to begin with. Um, especially the last move that he did, made was, you know, sending Zobac to the Clippers. Uh, very, very, you know, <laughs> that shocked the Clippers. So, you can imagine how bad that move was from the Lakers' standpoint. Uh, he gave away young talent. Um, and he hasn't really, and the, and the biggest uh, thing is he never put effort into this job. Uh, you know, reports came out, he's always traveling. Uh, he wasn't actively scouting or finding a way to make the Lakers better. Um, and that's just been the story with the Lakers. Uh, you know, it's always uh, the management since ever since, I think, 2012. Um, they couldn't, you know, work it out with Joe Jackson to come through for the coaching job. Ever since then, there's always been something uh, from the management, one way or the other, that could have been done differently or better. And this has just like got into the point where I think they're gonna have to do a complete haul. Uh, they're looking at options, uh, you know, different options, you know, crazy options. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Okay, rebound. Uh, as far as Magic Johnson's press conference, uh, I think that's probably the most unprofessional uh, press conference I've ever seen by a front office executive in the NBA. I mean, I mean, what was up with Magic? And I mean, he just seemed to. He didn't want the responsibility of the job. Um, he didn't have the testicular fortitude to make any sort of personnel decisions, uh, make any firings, and basically quit a few hours before the last game of the season. What were your whole thoughts on that entire situation, how it unfolded? Yeah, I was definitely shocked. Honest. I definitely didn't expect him to pull out like this. And the way he did it was just like, I don't know if he told anyone. I, I'm pretty sure he told you. Rob, but I don't know. It's the way he said it. Like I didn't tell anyone because then the news would break. And I don't know. He was just like happy. But he, 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 he was crying, but it kind of looked like a fake cry. Okay. So I guess the other news coming out, obviously, uh, earlier today was Luke Walton uh, and the Lakers are parting ways. So. Who's the, who, who's the next coach of the Lakers? Uh, is it Tyron Lue and we have uh, Cavs West, possibly? Yeah, it is Ty Lue. I, I personally want Mark Jackson, but it's going to end up being Tyron Lue. All right. Anis, uh, what do you think? I mean, Tyron Lue for sure, or do you think possibly Monty Williams, I think they're looking at? What, who do you think ultimately gets it? <laughs> Honestly, Every time we talk about Lakers getting someone, it always ends up like quite different than anyone's expected. So I think you can probably flip a coin on this. I honestly don't have an answer for that. Jawan Howard's a candidate too, B.O.D.? Uh, I don't know. Jawan Howard, I, I don't think, is ready to handle the big type of Laker type uh, personality. I mean, he's been an assistant with Miami. Obviously, he was an assistant for LeBron in his heat days. But that was kind of a different situation. Obviously, he had 
a good foundation there with Spolstra and Pat Riley uh, as an assistant. But now as the man in the Lakers, I just don't think he's ready for that type of situation, that type of position right now in his career. And it's just he would be walking into a, a hell of a situation. I don't think he's ready for it. So I I don't know. I mean, just I mean, Monty Williams. I think might be a better option than Tyron Lue, unless they just sign Kyrie and they they just want to make uh, make it like the Cavs all over again. But we'll see what happens. But I don't know. I mean, just I mean, we never really discussed. I mean, what were kind of your overall thoughts on the season uh, for the Lakers? I mean. What, were they just derailed by injuries, or was the team just too young? Or I mean, injuries was definitely a reason, but you still can't put that. They still should have made the playoffs. There's no exception on that. When you have LeBron on a team, even with him missing 18 games, you still got to make the playoffs. There's no exception to that. No, I think, I think the biggest thing was how they put everyone on the market to get Anthony Davis. Um, that just really kills... The wide, uh, um, and I think that was more important than the injury. Uh, if that didn't happen, I think they still would have made the playoffs. Yeah, I mean they don't really seem to have like any sort of cohesiveness, chemistry, any like culture building. Maybe only for about a month of the season, and then LeBron's injury obviously came at a very unfortunate time during the Christmas game when they were up big on the Warriors. I mean. They looked to be one of the very one of the best teams in the West at that point, and it was just unfortunate. But uh, it was just an unfortunate situation. Hopefully, they can stay healthy next season, and hopefully, land a, a big time free agent as well on top of that, and kind of put the the trade uh, stuff behind them with Kuzma Ingram and stuff. And hopefully, we'll see what happens, but. That remains to be seen, but I guess before we move on to the next topic, do you guys have anything else to add about your Lakers? Oh, yeah, for sure. LeBron came back, and you could clearly see the chemistry is not there now. As you know, the young guys are still there. LeBron's back. LeBron's putting his usual numbers, you know, really good numbers, but as you know, the, the, uh, they just didn't make it. And that was clear that these guys... Uh, are not gonna take. You know, some guys are not gonna take this lightly. Some guys will. Uh, you, know, you know, if it's one, uh, one or two guys being offered in a trade, it's understandable. When you put the rest of your starting lineup up for grabs, yeah, that's. Uh, but the rest of the whole team. Yeah, the rest of the whole team. You know, <laughs> that that's just that's just really. I've never I've never seen anything quite like this, and it's always. The story, though, but like, everyone's used to it. When LeBron comes on a team, there's a lot, a lot of changes that happen. So everyone's used to it, but this was like out of the park. And uh, if, uh, <laughs> if if they don't fix this, and you know, and they don't have a meeting, they need to get a good GM, and then whatever players they keep, they need to assure them that you know, you're a part of our future, you're a part of our long term. You know, get them on the same page, build that chemistry. They don't do that. They can get as many stars they want. They're not gonna be the top-notch team. It's as simple as that. Okay. Rebound. Anything else to input? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen going forward. I mean, uh, according to Rick Buecher, the Lakers chose Kobe over Magic because Palenka and Kobe have a connection. 
Magic wanted Palinka gone too. He obviously wanted Luke gone, who's already gone now. But yeah, and, uh, Rick Bucher was saying Jeannie Buss still probably, even though Kobe doesn't have a title with the Lakers, she probably still met, talks to him about before making any decisions, which could be true or not true. Just a rumor. But yeah, she pretty much chose Kobe over Magic, according to Rick Bucher. Okay, uh, that's interesting. Obviously, uh, Palinka was Kobe's longtime agent, but I guess moving on to some other topics, uh, I already gave my award picks on the previous podcast, so let's hear from Unis and Rebound. We'll start with Unis for MVP. What, who's your MVP this season? I think it's Giannis. Um, you know, himself improved, how much he's improved from last year, and his team, how much he's improved from last year. Uh, without having a super team, uh, per se, um, he's, uh, he's top uh, 10 in three of the five categories, you know, points, rebounds, and blocks. Um, and I think he gets it. I understand Harden's had that amazing uh, scoring streak. Uh, give him credit for that. Uh, he brought the Rockets from, you know, like second or third last to all the way up to second at one point and finished at fourth. Uh, but like you said before, that's just all regular season Harden. Um, he's not going to be like that in the playoffs. And for that reason, uh, I think Giannis will get it. All right. Rebound? Yeah, James Harden clearly deserves it. There's no question about it. Giannis is going to win it. All right. And then uh, rebound, what, who's your uh, rookie of the year? Luka Doncic. Anas, what do you think? Uh, I think Luca is uh, is uh, well developed. He's played professional before. He's very mature, and his playing style and uh, he averaged he averaged uh, twenty five and five for the season. Only five four other players have done that. I think five other players. Um, yeah. As a rookie, and uh, that's. Um, and from those players, aside from Tyreek Evans, uh, all the other ones are Hall of Famers. Really good. Uh, so, and he's finished so many games with, uh, you know, step back threes. He's finished games strong. He's a, he's a taller, uh, stronger player than Trey Young. And uh, he, he was younger than eight of the ten uh, starters in the NCAA Finals game. So, I think he's going to get it, and he's going to keep on going, and he's going to improve a lot. Okay. All right, what do you think about Coach of the Year, Anas? I think uh, I've got to go with the Bucks coach. Uh, he's done a phenomenal job of, uh, you know, uh, putting the roles, uh, getting the chemistry, and uh, they um, kept on adding pieces throughout the season um, and to integrate them and always have uh, a good system, you know. So they're very easy. Very set them up, you know, to even go through adversity if they get an injury or two. As long as it's not Giannis, they'll keep on pulling through, and I think you got to give them credit for that. All right. Rebound, your coach yeah. of the year? Mike Budden was on Okay. Rebound, what about uh, a six-man, uh, your six-man? Lou Williams. Anis? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Lou Williams as well. Okay. A consistent six man all through his uh, um, you know, career. And 
All right, what do you think, Anas, about uh, most improved player? Uh, you know, that's tough. Uh, you know, uh, Pascal Siakam from the Toronto Raptors. Uh, you know, he's one of the candidates, you know, D'Angelo Russell. Um, but I think I got to go with D'Angelo Russell. Uh, he led the uh, Nets to the playoffs, and uh, he's improved significantly. Even if the numbers haven't significantly improved, he's, I think he's just towards the end of the games, you know, leadership and everything has just improved. And um, he has stuff that numbers don't show that Pascal Siakam doesn't have. So I think I'm going to go with DeAndre Russell for this one. All right. Uh, rebound, uh, what about you for most improved? I think I'm going to go with Pascal Siakam. His numbers improved more than Russell. Russell did lead the Nets to the playoffs, but still going with Siakam. Okay, and then last one, rebound. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Rudy Gobert. All right. Uh, Anes, your Defensive Player of the Year? I think I'm going to go with Paul George. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's in the MVP contention as, you know, top 10. Uh, but I don't think he'll get it, but he deserves the uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Okay. All right. Uh, those are the main awards of uh, picks from Anes and Re Rebound. Uh so with that, we'll move on to some other topics. Uh, obviously, I'm going to be discussing these topics in more detail in a future podcast, maybe in the next week, week and a half. But uh, we'll hear Anis and Rebound's viewpoint right now uh, in regards to two uh, Hall of Famers uh, that have retired. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki, we'll start with him. So Anis, kind of what, just give us your thoughts on Dirk's career, kind of some of your favorite moments from his career and what you think his legacy will be uh, now that he's retired? I think he, he set the mark. Uh, all the European players have looked up to him growing up um, and to make it to the NBA and stuck to one team and you know, he's, uh, had a tough finals loss in 2006 and then I think in 2011 he had uh, arguably one of the greatest performances uh, individual performances in the finals uh, uh, facing the new super team uh, and he took uh, Dallas uh, to victory there uh, he's also one of the six players over 30,000 points in his NBA career a huge milestone uh, which was achieved very quietly because he has uh, slowed down in his uh, later years um, but everyone likes him personally and professionally and he's been a great player um, he's done a lot of good charity work, and uh, um, I, I really thought he was going to play another year. Uh, so I really didn't get to see him much this season. Uh, but he had uh, two good games to end his career, and I think he's had a hell of a career. Okay, rebound. Your thoughts on Nowitzki, and then... Yeah, definitely happy he won a championship. Yeah, great player, great guy. Did it very well. It was his last home game and away game. Good guy. Definitely the best European player in my opinion. And that's all. I'm gonna leave it at that short and quick. Okay, and then rebound. We'll start with you on the next one. Uh, Dwayne Wade, 16 years. Uh, he's calling it quits now as well. Uh, obviously, hashtag one last dance. Uh, your thoughts on Dwayne Wade, uh, his entire career, uh, some of your favorite moments, and what, what you'll remember about him? Probably the 06 finals coming back. Um, I 
Shaq who felt like he was the one that carried that team. Definitely the third best shooting guard to ever play the game. No doubt. He's definitely underappreciated because two of his championships that he won were with LeBron. And that, so people don't appreciate him as much. And some, some idiot tries to say he's better than him, Paul Pierce. The guy just needs some attention, needs some love. He's not even in the same category as him. Paul Pierce just needs some love. Someone needs to give him a hug. And Jalen Rose checked him on that. Just going down the line of what D Wade has and what Paul Pierce doesn't. Okay, Anis, what what are your what were your thoughts on Paul Pierce? Is he just creating a fake debate? Uh, what what did you think when you heard that? <laughs> I don't know if he's creating a fake debate or not, but I, I'm pretty sure he wishes he didn't start it. You know, uh, <laughs> one of the teams that he played for himself, Brooklyn Nets, the, that guy was chanting, "Paul Pierce sucks," and and I, which I think was way over the top. He really didn't deserve it, um, but definitely. Um, I, I really think that he was he's that player because he said if he had Shaq and if he had LeBron he'd be sitting on five or six chips. So he's talking about ifs and buts and what could have been what would have been. And you know, that aside, if you just look at the individual numbers, you know, all NBA teams, you know, rings, finals, uh, uh, you know, all that, as the weight is clearly a better player. And um, all players, I think he was serious with that debate. He, he wouldn't wouldn't have faked it because uh, he wouldn't get anything out of it. And uh, not only that, uh, Wade was a better basketball player. Uh, he, he's, he's, a, he's been a better person and a professional off the court as well. Um, as you can see, there's been videos, uh, you know, made by Miami Heat and uh, Budweiser, you know, showing what he's done for the community. Um, and Wade, for me, at one point, he was, you know, one of the best of the best player in the league uh, in, uh, at one point, I think. So he's definitely, uh, definitely a lot better. Okay. All right. Uh, so uh, I guess before we sign off for the night, uh, do you guys have anything, any, any other pressing topics you want to discuss or anything else you want to add? I just want to quickly go over what, what the, uh, what's the next step for the Lakers. Okay. So I mean, for the, for the what are the few few different options you can see? For the Lakers, obviously you got to get a big time uh, free agent that uh, can complement LeBron. Uh, I don't know who it's. It's obviously uh, if you can get Kawhi, that's definitely the the number one option in my opinion. But I don't know how interested Kawhi is at this point. Uh, obviously his mind can change, but then. Uh, Kyrie looks to be kind of the the best option. I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, LeBron and Kyrie playing again, but I think Kyrie would be uh, obviously a good fit. Um, I've, we've seen they're not like a perfect basketball fit, him and LeBron, but he's kind of someone who can handle the ball, get his own shot, and kind of take some pressure off LeBron uh, as LeBron gets up there. Uh, he's going to be turning 35 this season, so... Obviously, definitely for sure, they have to get uh, uh, one a big time free agent, at least one, and then maybe at least like one a role guy. I mean, I think Nikola Vukovic. Obviously, I think if they miss out on some of those big time free agents, is a good guy they can go after because he's a a good a good skilled big man who can 
score in the post, score in the mid-range, and he's also a guy that's developing uh, his three-point shot as well. So I think he would be a good pickup for them. He would be able to space the floor with LeBron, hit three-pointers, hit jump shots. And then other than that, uh, they obviously have to continue to build the confidence of their young guys, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, uh, Lonzo Ball, uh, help him develop his jump shot. Everything else looks to be very good on Lonzo Ball's side. Obviously, the numbers have shown that the Lakers are a much better defensive team when he's on the floor and fully healthy. So hopefully just you can hope for better health and just better kind of continuity, uh, cohesiveness that they can type of try to build on from what was a disastrous season for them. So rebound, what what do you think? I mean, what's kind of your main key for the Lakers in the offseason? Okay, so between those guys you mentioned, Masai Ujiri, R.C. Buford, Bob Myers, uh, who who would you take out of those three? I would probably take Bob Myers. He's proven. Okay. All right, Anis, I mean, if you had to pick one president uh, for the Lakers, who would it be? I think I'd take Ujiri um, for the simple fact that he makes those moves that can completely shock the NBA and help the team. And that's exactly what's needed right now. Because every other superstar, aside from Kyrie, knows that if they come to the Lakers and if things don't work out the next season, or even during the season, they might be traded in the middle again. And uh, we've seen that over and over again with the teams that LeBron's been on. And uh, Lakers have to consider all options, you know. LeBron's turning, like you said, LeBron's turning 35. So if they don't do anything in the next year or two, when he, hit 30, when he hits 37, you know, his body can't take that that much anymore. And you've seen it this year. He had the longest injury of his career. And kudos to him for staying healthy for that long um, in his career. And, the, you know, his body is, you know, showing the toll on it. So I think one other very... You know, very bold option that they can see is, you know, just discuss what they can get for LeBron. They can get two young superstars, you know, one superstar, another star, you know, get another one. You know, it's, it, it really depends on who kind of president that comes. And if Jujiri comes, he can make these uh, moves and uh, go from there. And, you know, it's, it's very bold to say and even thought, think or talk about trading LeBron, but he's turning 35 next year. You can get something for him now and see a long future and keep your young core. It's pretty good. If they keep LeBron, they get Kyrie, then they can trade their young core and get their Anthony Davis, maybe. Uh, but then that's also a short stand. LeBron's not going to play, play forever. You know, maybe another four or five years. Um, but Kyrie.
Kyrie's the only guy who feels guilty for leaving Cleveland, and he wants to prove that, you know, he's mature enough that he can play LeBron, LeBron again, and maybe he wants to make it up to him for leaving him. So that's the only option I see is getting Kyrie, or otherwise they have to look at the option of what they can get for LeBron. Okay. I, th- I think Kemba's an underrated option, honestly. He's as good as Kyrie, he just doesn't get as much as love because he's a small market on a sorry team. I think that wouldn't be a bad option. Yeah, that's true. And if, if Kemba comes over to Lakers then, and plays until LeBron retires, then uh, it'll be a funny fact that Kemba's never beaten LeBron uh, in his career. <laughs> okay. That's interesting, but yeah, I mean, like the Lakers, I mean, they're a big-time franchise. There's always stuff going on with them, whether they're the best team in the league or the worst team in the league, so there's always uh, drama going on, and that'll continue on for the entire offseason and into the free agent signing, so we'll see what happens there. But with that being said, uh, Anis Rebound, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Ron. And everybody, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoy all eight of the playoff series. And I'll be back at a time to be determined to discuss the careers of Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki.